All right, everyone. We had a great episode this week with Lynn Morehouse talking about official strongman games. Before we get in the episode, we just want to remind you all we have a strongman giveaway going on right now. Super easy to enter. Um, ton of prizes in it. It's a huge giveaway. We're paying for someone to go to any level show um, and giving you some expenses. And a ton of companies have chipped in to give away a lot of uh, prizes in as well. So just go on our YouTube, 580 Strongman Giveaway. It's pinned on our Instagram and get entered. We're almost at 700 subscribers. That's when the uh, giveaway ends. So subscribe to our YouTube, go check out the video and get entered. Thanks. All right, everyone. Welcome back to episode 153 of the 580 Show. Myself, Frelly Dante, and we're joined by special guest Lynn Morehouse from Official Strongman Games and Train Strongman today. What's up, Lynn? Oh, doing well. Happy to be joined with you guys. Yeah. Like I said, we, we really appreciate the time. Uh, got a ton of questions about the upcoming official strongman games and we're, it's crazy. We're two weeks away. Um, oh, don't tell me it's, it's, it's bad enough that I know the date. <laughs> yeah. So how do you feel two weeks away? You know, uh, every year, uh, it, it's like this, the, the month before an event and, um, I believe you have run events yourself, you know, so the, the month before you really question why the heck do you do this? Uh, and then of course, all it takes is, you know, during the event and afterwards you're planning the next one. So I, I'm aware of what's going on, but it's still stressful. And I also personally, uh, abide by the model of, I would rather be overly optimistic and set unachievable goals that I usually can't reach but I believe that I get further than if I just chose a reasonable goal and hit. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I, you say a week we uh, run events, which we do, but 300 and I think 96 confirmed athletes, right? In 38 countries, I believe. Yeah, we, we almost were at 40. We had 39, uh, but uh, the gentleman from Congo, uh, unfortunately, tore his bicep uh, in oh. training. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, we're getting up there for sure. That's crazy. That is so crazy. Like, I mean, just when OSG started in 2017, right. Yeah. And you look and it's 2013 or 2023. Now, do you expect 39, 38 countries to, to be coming and, and how, how crazy is that for you to, for it to actually be true now? Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I could have told you 38 countries names. <laughs> uh, back in 2017. I still don't think I could without the OSG page. <laughs> but, uh, you know, to be honest, now it, it's it's become sort of a, a baseline. You know, I was lucky enough that I was able to take the family to uh, Africa for Africa's Strongest Man and Woman, which uh, for the first time, sort of uh, multiple people promoting have gotten together. And they had 11 countries in Africa represented. Uh, and OSG right now, this year, only has uh, three represented uh, for Africa. So you can just see that uh, Strongman is growing. Uh, the ability for athletes uh, around the world to have com competitions. And now there's, I don't know uh, whether it's exposure or a path, but you know there's goals for them. Whereas before it would have been only local. Now all of a sudden, you know, um, Africa, as an example, has this governing uh, across all Africa, not just Zambia's strongest South Africa. It's it's all of Africa. And one big reason for that is they are a qualifier for worlds. And uh, from meeting those athletes, it meant so much to them just to have someone come to them. You know, they're always traveling out. No one ever comes in, you know, that kind of thing. So no, 38 is just the beginning. I think uh, it won't be but a matter of a couple of years and we're going to hit 50. And, uh, you know, that's just really exciting when you think that in 2017, you know, we had some international athletes, of course, but outside of Europe, UK, USA, Canada, it, it just really wasn't existing. And so even just the, the massive amount of people coming from Australia, I mean, that is a long trip. And um, it's really exciting to see a good group across almost every single division represented. Wow. Right. So what was 
before we go into all the OSG stuff, how like the trip to Africa, what what were the athletes? What were the athletes like? Like, were they, was there a lot of representation? Like, what was, I guess, the experience in the competition like? And, and, you know, do you just foresee, I guess, strongmen in these countries growing more and more with these opportunities? Oh, oh definitely. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh, some of the physiques of the athletes, uh, just, I mean, if you've ever met Blake from South Africa, you know, he's a specimen on his own. But there's gentlemen in, in Zambia who have just gotten into the sport and their base level of just muscle and athleticism is ridiculous. You know, we're talking backflips and things like that with these guys. Um, and so I'm really excited to see where it goes. Uh, the, the gentleman I mentioned from Congo, he actually had three other athletes and, uh, you know, they primarily spoke French. So you think about... Uh, you know, just some of the, the barriers that they have, but they, they came in at a novice level and they're seeing the potential and everyone wants to, to really share the culture. That's the thing that kind of blew me away with these athletes. They were so friendly and uh, there is no crowd better than, uh, you know, like from what I saw uh, a crowd in Zambia, that was insane. It was 115 degrees. They were outside, no shade. They, 300 people lining the fence, cheering for absolutely everyone the entire time. So much energy. Uh, it was wild. You would not have seen that in the U.S. Uh, they would have been huddled in chairs in times. I mean, there was not a single chair. There was no shade. And they just stayed there and were so excited. I. It, it was incredible. And it made you interact with them because you they they supported so much i saw athletes that were fairly introverted by the end of the competition they're going down the line high-fiving i mean it was it brings out that energy uh so you know the that environment those athletes once they actually kind of become a little more mainstream able to compete elsewhere in the world we're going to see um some really incredible athletes i mean you think about Iron, Iron Bibby as an example of just, you know, untapped potential and untapped. He has world records, oh, but yeah. you still realize this is not he doesn't probably train or have the equipment or the just consistency of an average high level uh, athlete in the U.S. or the U.K. And he's doing what he's doing. It, it's these guys are incredible and their attitudes are fantastic yeah yeah definitely so many untapped markets for strongman you know which is so exciting like you said mm -hmm. so all these countries all these athletes are coming to charleston west virginia this year yeah. what made you land on charleston west virginia and i and i guess the venue looks really cool if you want to talk about it a little bit little bit and just kind of explain it you know um so this this was my uh the first year uh i was involved in a layoff in december of last year and i had to make a call you know uh i had been promoting for uh nine years but i had a full-time job with income source and i knew that i had the choice of either um getting another job and frankly i know myself i would have uh i would have put a lot of effort towards that job make a name for yourself, establish, you know, a good uh, rapport with people and strongman would have taken the back burner for a little bit, or I take the leap and do strongman. So I took the leap. And one of the first things I decided to do was uh, actually kind of shop around. So I put together what I believed was, uh, you know, the OSG package, what it was we were bringing to town. And, you know, I, I kind of, laid it all out. I had some great mentorship, uh, you know, uh, from a friend that used to uh, work for IMG running World's Strongest Man. He doesn't do that anymore, but he had a lot of good advice and whatnot. And I got to talk to about 35 different destinations. And, you know, there were some that were fantastic destinations that I felt we would have been lost. You know, uh, any given weekend in those locations, There'd be five different things going on. The news would be caring more about this sports game at this bigger arena. 
in Charleston, uh, one of the things that really clicked with me when I was speaking with, uh, you know, the, the Visitors Bureau is for that weekend, we're going to be the show in town. All the restaurants are going to know you're with the strong man. I mean, you know, from the airport to the, the hotel, uh, everything's going to be aware the strong man's coming. And yes, it's a smaller uh, location, but some, that has some benefits. The airport has free shuttles directly to the hotel or the hotel has shuttles to the airport back and forth. That's free. The venue is walking distance from the hotels and the venue and hotels are walking distance from their downtown restaurants area. So it, it's it's really very convenient for uh, an athlete, especially an international athlete that, you know, might not um might not be as comfortable in some of the larger areas where there's, you know, just like, okay, you're 25 minutes away, do this, you know, that kind of thing. I, I thought back to a bunch of times I've competed where you arrive and you still have to go an hour or two hours from the airport to get to your hotel. And you have the call of, okay, do I rent a car or, you know, all this. Daytona Beach for me, I thought was going to be a little bit different because they have an international airport right there. But the cost of that airport was so much higher than Orlando that it doesn't matter. People are driving or flying to Orlando and then driving. So I, I took that into account that I could go and look at flights and say, okay, from London to Charleston, 600 bucks. And they're right there. They don't need a car. They don't need anything. The hotels themselves were cheaper uh, than Daytona because that was more of a resort. And uh, a big thing for me, growing that spectator base, that fan base for the sport, there's a lot more people within driving distance of Charleston than Daytona Beach. For sure. Daytona Beach, you had to have been already deciding you're coming. You know, mm -hmm. uh, this is not a, a convenient thing uh, nearby. So there were all those factors. But the, the number one factor is that that weekend, we're going to be the show in town. We're going to have the news media. I've already been talking where they're talking about having some of the athletes on the news before I even get there, you know, because athletes will arrive earlier than I do. You know, that's that's what we're looking for. We just want to be kind of get that moment of a little bit of exposure. Yeah. Now, is is that something in the future that you could potentially see the venue changing from year to year? Are you interested in that or is it more of a relocation right now and then reconsider down the road? You know, uh, so I've had this conversation with, you know, Charleston as an example. Sure. They'd love to have us for three years. And, you know, I was very upfront from the beginning. I see this as a rotating event. So, you know, okay. these athletes can only compete at that highest level for maybe, in my opinion, on average five years. Wouldn't it be a shame if all those five years were in one or two locations when they could have been, um, you know, exploring more of the world? Absolutely. That being said, do I think it goes outside of the U.S.? One day, yes. It's a world championship. It absolutely should. What you see is my capabilities start to expand. You know, uh, the, the first couple of years, it was in my town. Uh, it was in the Raleigh-Durham area. Very convenient um you know except for if it snows and then we went down to daytona beach it was further away but it was right on the i-95 corridor you know so it was drivable distance charleston still drivable distance but what we're seeing is you know the possibility of me taking this further and further away um goes to okay eventually this could be hosted at you know uh, a destination outside the u.s um, one of the, the conversations I've been having with people is really that balance between, um, you know, having something be more affordable or something at more of a, a destination. And I've started taking the stance of, I don't want to make it cheaper. I want to make it worth it. Um, that was reinforced for me, uh, when I was in, uh, you know, in Africa again, uh, because, I was with a, a large group of South Africans on the same weekend that South Africa was in the rugby world championships. And by the way, when they won, I've never seen cheering <laughs> that in my life. That, that was incredible. But they had some figures uh, and they showed that um, 
they estimated 35,000 people from South Africa flew to France for that event. So South Africa uh, in general is a poorer nation than, uh, than the U.S. and whatnot. And that was just a, a, a stark reminder of, I'm sorry, if it means that much to you, you will find the way to, to do it. Uh, sure. And, you know, I can't imagine how much they spent to go and watch this rugby match. But 35,000 people go from South Africa to France. This isn't a, a small trip by any means. And, and it just, it's like, no, I, I don't want to make this cheap so that you're like, ah, it's so cheap. I, I, I might as well. I'd rather be like, I don't care what it costs. I'd have to be there. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not at that stage. I'm not jacking up the rates, but that, that's the mindset. Yeah, for sure. You know, the last thing about Charleston, for, for, I know Frawley's company has work or you have an office in Charleston, right? And he was talking yeah. about, you. I mean, you can speak on it, Frawley, but like local people that aren't involved in strength sports at all or strongmen, they're actually yeah. talking about it. Someone from his office was randomly going. Um, yeah. And so yeah. I think that's a very positive reflection on you, Lynn, and that you're correct that the location is going to actually put a huge emphasis on the athletes and the event that upcoming weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So you know, I, I just I thought Frawley was like so and so from the offices going. I was like, oh, yeah, he's, he I, said, I thought he was. Competing. He said they were talking about it on the news, and he was like, yeah, are you guys coming down? Because we're only about a three and a half hour drive. And he's like, yeah, I saw it on the news the other day, and I live 10, 15 minutes away. I'm, I'll be there. <laughs> you know, that's and cool. He's a guy that he's a guy that casually strength trains, but he's not he's not into the strongman ordeal, right? Like, but he saw it, and he's like, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Pretty frankly, cool. we we need to go beyond friends and family. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I mm-hmm. go and say that you know, for for strongman to really grow, it absolutely needs to tap into uh, a fan base. And yep. uh, most people don't know, but you know, my relationship with uh, the official strongman team in Giants Live in the UK, I get insider information, and one of their they they had like a demographics, and like their most common attendee was like a mid forties woman. And it's like, that is, you know, uh, that is a a fan of, you know, and primarily they're heavyweight pro strong men on that side. So, you know, the fan base may be different, but the reality is the fan base wasn't, uh, you know, some guy who owns a gym or uh, some other strong man or power lifter or bodybuilder. It it, it was a fan. Um, And so, you know, we're going to go there. And uh, that's another thing just, you know, from Africa those people were fans and there's uh i was kind of jealous that there was no sense of toxic masculinity or anything it, it it did not matter every single person was so impressed with people who had physiques they treated it as my god you must be so disciplined and all this where i feel like in the us it's like oh you're so full of yourself and uh you know all this and it's like yeah no over there uh they were celebrated man woman it doesn't matter you guys were doing something and you know the discipline it must take ah oh, you know i i was jealous of that because you know we we just don't necessarily have that there there's a group of the population in the us that you know four strong men and strong women aren't going to see this as you know, us trying to better ourselves. They're going to see it as a negative where we're trying to, you know, uh, draw attention to ourselves because we're so desperate or something. And it's just not true. Yeah. Um, but if yeah, you've ever been to a strongman comp, it's cool. it's the complete opposite where everyone's like typically a teddy bear and super yeah. nice and everyone's supporting each other. But that's a great point on having to actually bring fans in because I think the whole actual event changes when you have fans instead of just my mom cheering for me, you know, and, and so on for every single athlete, you get an actual like world championship, like professional feel. So I think that that was a really great point. And I I hope people from Charleston come out. Well, I, I certainly appreciate when your mom's there's cheering. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> we need them, but we would like other people too, I guess is it's funny too. Cause every time I'm on Instagram, scrolling i get the charleston ad now i don't know if you guys have got that yet for all your dante but i get different news networks from charleston and it says like coming 
uh, you know, December 1st through the 3rd. And then it has one of like Lynn's promotional pictures. So yeah, pretty cool. Um, okay. So I'm a first time competitor at OSG this year. What, I guess just advice would you have for people like myself making their first trip? I know it's a new destination, but things to expect, um, you know, to, to keep in mind everyone that's going pretty much is an ex is experience in the sport, but what would be some advice specific to official strongman games? Well, you know, I, I don't know if, if you watch some of the, uh, you know, the heavyweight pros talk about the difference between, Giants Live and World's Strongest Man. The difference of, you know, a multi-day show uh, that's at a little bit slower pace uh, because of TV versus a three and a half hour production where you go, go, go. That's one of the first things I would say is you're going to need to kind of control your energy levels because you do have, you know, two and a half hours between events. You're doing two events each day. Um, you need to be able to amp up but then also calm down. Uh, and, you know, there are some people who take different approaches. I, I've seen people who will go and uh, take a nap in the corner. I'll see people who will literally just start eating uh, or going, uh, go back to their hotel room and come back. The, I think the best uh, advice I have, though, is you can't stay amped up between both events. You do need to find another way. Um, first timers, I will see constantly warm up way too soon. You know, we've got a, a full blown warm up area, which is a little different than some of the larger competitions. So you have that ability, but I, I try to control the flow, uh, so that, you know, only two divisions at a time are warming up. You know, it's like, I, I know you're a master's athlete and you feel like you need to warm up or actually it's more, more typically the 80 kilogram athlete. <laughs> warm up for an hour and a half straight uh you know it's like no just calm down and and then also just enjoy the experience you're it, it's a reunion um and that's what's been so exciting lately is there are athletes that cannot compete and it's not like uh the ticket was non-refundable so i'm going i guess it's no of course i'm going i i, I want to cheer on all my friends and whatnot so I think the people that do best are the ones that maybe relieve some of the pressure on themselves and allow themselves to cheer on other athletes in the same division or different divisions, you know, and actually kind of experience a little bit of downtime as a fan. I know when I'm competing a lot of times outside of my little social circle that's all competing together, um, sometimes I don't get to enjoy the competition because it is fast enough that you do need to kind of already be changing your shoes and getting your gear ready over here. This is slow enough that you can support your friends and you can make new friends. And I think that the people who come in and put a ton of pressure on themselves and say, I absolutely have to win this. And it's like, you know, just uh, do your best. That's why the top 10 is now something with the medal. It, it actually has turned into a goal onto itself and it should be rewarded and awarded that, hey, you achieved something by, you know, uh, make it to top 10. A lot of people can't do it. Um, so, yeah, as a first timer, enjoy the moment a little bit. Uh, you can get really lost and there's a little bit too much time to just be focused on yourself in the next event for two and a half hours. You need to distract your mind onto something else. Otherwise, you're just going to spin in circles, uh, you know, and stress yourself out like, okay, overhead didn't go well. Have to nail this frame carry, you know, for two and a half hours. That would be horrible. Go distract yeah. yourself or, you know, either calm down or go cheer on someone, make some friends. Uh, but don't just get focused on your own performance. It, it'll actually end up being a negative with a competition pace that has that much time between events. That's that's great advice. Um, my next question is, how do the events get selected for OSG every year? Do you just select them? Do you have like a kind of board? It's just like a general general like curiosity question. Um, I select them and I have uh, some criteria. You know, first and foremost, uh, the first four events are I consider a semifinals. Um, and that has to be a balanced competition on its own. 
You couldn't do that without an overhead or without a deadlift. Uh, you know, uh, it's just not possible. Uh, it, or I should say it's possible, but it's not fair. Um, you know, and so you can start to say, all right, for four events, you know, we, we typically in a competition will have five or more, but for four events, you're like, okay, I need an overhead. I need a deadlift. I need a loading and I need a, a moving or, you know, you start to get kind of these uh, main buckets for me. Um, I also have, all right, I did this last year. I, I like to spread things out, like not have the exact same every single year, you know, uh, for example, I love overhead pressing, but I love all overhead presses. I don't just love log, you know? So if you look back to it, you know, we've done log, we've done axle, we've done Viking press, we've done circus dumbbell. And um, so, you know, what my mind was, I really want to do a block, but you can't do block for reps. And uh, can't really uh, do a, a max event at OSG, I do ladders to achieve a, a pseudo max uh, just for the efficiency sake. Um, and so I was like, you know what? Um, it, it's a fairly dangerous event. If it was the last implement of uh, of a series so that you could take your time and hold it and be safe, you don't have to rush the down command, all this kind of stuff. I was like, then it might actually work out well. And so I built from that out. Um, I also had been seeing some of the nickel stone carry uh, at Giant Slab. I was like, my God, that would be cool if only, you know, uh, you know, everyone could do this. And it was similar to the car walk. And I was like, well, why can't they? Let me see what I can do. And so this was an example where uh, I reached out to David at Sticks and Stone because, you know, he had made replica Husafel stones. I was like, do you think you can make a replica nickel stone and we could use, you know, Cerberus's Dinny handle, something that anyone can get and then maybe make it the, the, the weight for women. And then I load weights underneath so that it's still a rock for everyone, that kind of thing. And uh -huh. that just came together. Um, did I think that uh, that was sort of enough on its own? No, I, I kind of wanted to add a frame anyway. But that event, I wanted to be a combo of not just uh, another moving event. I really wanted to push the, the fact that it, it's a grip event, not enough strongman contests, test grip. And uh, I can tell you from, you know, hearing some of the, uh, the comments, uh, I think we've been doing a lot of farmers and not a lot of frame. I think people are starting to realize that frame might be a little different and they need to train it a little different. Um, so, you know, th that's kind of how these events come together. You know, the Go Rep Survival Med uh, Challenge was an example where, you know, you get creative with, you're talking to an organization that wants to be involved in strongman. So you're like, all right, how how can we make this work? And then you find out, you know, they, they've got things like the sand medicine ball, but it only goes to 100 pounds. And it's like, could you take it to 350? You know, that kind of craziness. <laughs> and, uh, and they're like, yeah. And so that's the kind of partner I want to have. Now, uh, do we throw in some of their staples? Of course. Yeah. You know, we'll go and uh, do something and people are going to moan about it a little bit because it's different, but it's by no means the majority of that event. The majority of that event is the sandbag carries. Uh, the backpack has a small impact to that overall ability. Uh, it was just as much a cardio event before uh, as as it is now. You know, wearing a backpack does not suddenly make it crossfit. Uh, it was already <laughs> cardio. It was already you know just bodies on the floor. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I, I try to make a balanced contest for the first uh, four events, and then um, you know last year I tried to go to three events for finals, and of course I, I with the hurricane it was the condensed time frame anyway. This year kind of taking a backpedaling to be safe. I was like, let me go back to two. Uh, let me make and solidify two events on finals and then we'll revisit going to three. And the reason is, you know, you want those uh, final events to, to also feel almost like a contest to itself. Even though the points carry over and it's six total events to choose a winner, um, 
the you know the finals events one of the challenges is uh with only two events you really almost can't do an overhead or a deadlift without doing both for that same balance uh, issue and so uh like for this year uh the sandbag toss is a nice explosive activity that's a little bit different than the other events and then I do like finishing on uh, Atlas Stones uh, because, frankly, I've got a beautiful set of Atlas Stones uh, from uh, Will Ramirez, and I, I fell in love with Stones from the very beginning. Will it always be Stones? No. We did Power Stairs in 2019. That was super fun. But, uh, you know, Stones right now is still that that test that I I think kind of belongs in Strongman somewhere. For sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you you highlighted them real good and you made really good points. And I think, you know, the finals are those true blue blood, like strongman events where you got sandbag tots and stones. But like the events that you mentioned, you have some really new and kind of like unconventional events, which I think is cool for strongman. It's like the sport of unconventional. So which of the new events are you most excited to see like athletes on display doing like between the go rock, the, the, the care, the Danny carry, um, you know, uh, the press medley, you got a yoke. We didn't even talk about the, you're yeah, probably I'm, pressing I'm gonna, a yoke. I'm going to cheat and choose two. Okay. Because, um, and so the, the go rock sand medicine balls are amazing. So uh, their system for tightening up, is with a lacing system as well as the Velcro. What that allows you to do, and they're 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 perfectly uh, the diameter for the weight, so that if you put in that amount of dry sand, it will be very firm. And then you lace loosely, then you tighten it up, tighten it up. It keeps its shape so well, and uh, because of that, it, it's it's going to test some people because it is harder than a normal sandbag uh you know uh to carry and i just you know I i'm excited to see that one the the other one is i i wasn't expecting this at all but uh the anchor yoke um i i uh, unfortunately some athletes have lost teeth over this uh you know and all that uh because it's very different than a yoke so and I've been getting so much uh, insider information from the folks in Australia who have this equipment. And by the way, uh, part of my stress is I haven't had this equipment arrived yet, uh, but I have a tracking number. It's landed in the United States and now it's on a truck. So it's like, yes, but um, that curved bottom really has a, a couple of interesting uh, things that does. One, it does improve the safety a lot, but even more than that, that implement is only 60 kilograms. So it's 132 pounds. What that means is when you load that thing up, so much of the weight's at the bottom that it, it's absolutely like a weeble wobble where it just goes boom, you know, it doesn't do much at all because the, the percentage of weight at the bottom is so much more. And, uh, you know, so it's a, so much more safer than people think. But also if you are out of balance, that swing is going to be horrific because almost none of the weight is in the crossbar. It's all in the lower end. So I'm expecting, um, and you know, I, I've told people, you're going to have to hold the lockout, but I'm expecting some core engagement that people aren't prepared for. Yeah. No, they're, they're definitely interesting. It's, it's fun to see so many athletes like on Instagram training all these new events. You know what I mean? Like everyone kind of trying to mimic the anchor yoke and everyone's got a, a Jansport on for the yeah. <laughs> challenge. So it's, it, I like, I like different unconventional events. Cause like I mentioned, you know, that is kind of strong, man. And I think that's one thing I fell in love with was the ability to have to adapt as an athlete, you know, just because we all know you go to a comp and, their farmers are different, little changes like that at the local level. So I, I think it shows the adaptability aspect of strongman, which I think is cool. So I yeah, was just curious. You, you've hit on one of my favorite things at this time of year, um, because every division is, is kind of going together. Um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll jump back just a, a tad. I, I, I remember talking to some of the world's strongest man athletes, you know, just in the, you know, uh, outside of the event times. 
And, you know, they talk about the training and leading up for it. And it's kind of lonely because no one else is doing that contest. You got to drive for a while if you're lucky enough to train with someone who's actually going to be at the same competition. Um, so, you know, yeah, you might have friends to help you load or whatnot, but there's not that 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 team camaraderie. With, with OSG, you've got in a single gym, sometimes every division represented and, and it starts to build these different groups and people travel because it's like, oh, they've got a block and, you know, I, I'm going to do that. And so it's not just, uh, you know, every time I hop on, uh, you know, Instagram, I can see someone doing a deadlift ladder or throwing on a backpack, as you said, but, you know, you can kind of be like, okay, they hate it too. Uh, or something <laughs> like that. And there's this sense of everyone in the community is doing the, the working towards the same goal for a little bit. And I, I like that. Uh, you know, obviously there's some competitions ahead of time. And uh, it, it's it's nice when you can see that, um, you know, someone's training specifically for your event as opposed to just a general block. It, it's exciting that way for me. Yeah. How many volunteers roughly does it take to run something like official strongman games? So um, I always err on the side of I'd rather have 10 great people who I've worked with in the past than 30 new people. That being said, I've been doing it long enough that I've got 30 great people that know what they're yeah. doing that I've worked yeah. with in the past. Um, I, I always try to let that expand though. Um, uh, I'm trying to do things more and more in shifts uh, as we all talk about like judging and things like that, man, the total number of down calls these people have, you know, so I'm trying to have uh, even, you know, twice the judges I need so that people can get a break. Uh, the same thing goes for the staff members. So, uh, you know, I, I'll have eight team leads for four lanes so that I can have essentially full on teams. And I absolutely have eight people who I can uh, delegate that task to. And trust me, when I try to get on the floor to help, they'll yell and get me off. And they'll be like, all right, Lynn's trying to get on. We need to go faster. You know, uh, that that's a great team, but it, it absolutely takes, uh, you know, I would say 30 uh, people to, to run efficiently. And that's not even including, you know, another dozen that are just in charge of live stream, light production, things like that. Uh, you know, photography, videography, all of that. There's easily 50 people you will see in blue shirts uh, running around uh, trying to make all this work. And absolutely more than half of them are, you know, like I was for so long doing it just 100% volunteer. You're spending your own vacation time, your own money, your own hotel room, everything. Um, it, you know, the lifeblood of Strongman is still uh, the volunteers to make that happen. And the best volunteers are uh, athletes that, you know, maybe uh, have a spouse that's competing, maybe as a, a best friend that's competing, or maybe they didn't make the cut because they got a little nagging injury or any of those things they know what they want and they absolutely know how much this means to everyone. They try really hard. For sure. For sure. I get, if you've been there before, you can put yourself in the athlete's shoes. So that's a great point. I always say that at our local comps is, you know, if you're going to yell at someone today, yell at me because these people are giving up. It, it is really crazy and humbling to think um, even at the local shows, the amount of time and effort and, away from their families, their jobs, whatever it may be, just to come and help us do strongman because we still are, are at that level. So that's a great point made by you. Um, Frawley, Dante, you guys have anything that, that came up when I was kind of rapid firing questions? I jumped in when I had something. Um, yeah. Pretty good discussion. I, I, um, I, I'm real. I think people are really excited to see, I mean, you mentioned it, but the anchor yoke, um, I thought it was cool that like a company outside of us, uh, outside of America is getting like a company as a main event sponsor for OSG, right. With uh, this, with standard submit. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, I think that's another step in making it 
a world championship. I know it's a world championship, but making it even more of a world championship because the one thing I've heard people say is they're Americanized events or whatever. So I think that's super cool. The the Denny Stone handles are from Cerberus, um, you know, which is essentially anyone can get, you know, yeah. wherever you're at. And, um, you know, having this Australian company and then Sticks and Stones, it just seems like the events are coming together really cool. And Kabuki as well. Um, top level deadlift. I mean, people that are good deadlifters love Kabuki bars because they have good whip, extra whip. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. In, unless you're the the kind that uh, you know says no, all the records need to be on you know a, a, a super stiff bar. You know, there there's always uh, going to be opinions. Yeah. The reality is, uh, Kabuki Strength is an example of uh, a great company that really does want to support uh, the athletes pulling as much weight as possible. And that's exciting. Right. Um, Cement, you know, that is a company I've been following for a long time. And, you know, it's like these people are doing some of the best equipment uh, in the world. And uh, when they used to have the Arnold Australia, I was looking at some of the implements. And this is pre-Rogue Invitational having Strongman. And they were the ones doing the crazy uh, you know, rig setup that you're like, oh my God, that would be incredible to do. And um, I've been talking with uh, Mason who runs that for years. And it was one of those, you know, uh, it, it doesn't make sense until it starts to make sense. And, uh, you know, it, it takes it takes a number of years to be able to prove the value and be able to go and say that it's like this sponsorship is not you know, he, he's not looking to make sales for more Australian equipment to Americans. What he's looking is to, uh, and, and he's done this because he's also involved in the strongman sort of community as a whole for Australia. He's trying to make the world understand that Australia is a hub for strongman and can produce some of the best athletes as well as the best equipment. And, you know, uh, between you and me, he's 100% been pitching Australia as a location for in the future. He's like, hey, I'll make whatever you need. So, you know, these are good relationships to have. And, sure. you know, very much they're do using this to say, hey, we're over here. We're really far away. We have the biggest disadvantage of any athlete coming in because it took us 30 hours to get there. But we're, we're going to, you know, we really have some great things going on for us in Australia. And I think the more people who realize what is going on there, uh, the more it's going to affect the, the strongman community. And similar to Africa, the more people who will go to these other countries. It's not about bringing every country to us. It, it's about going to these other countries uh, as well, these other destinations. I, I, I mentioned um, to someone... I was talking about when the IPSA World Strongest Man split, you know, and I watched all the IPSAs, but I couldn't tell you any of the real destinations uh, because that wasn't really a focal point. They were indoor, you know, it, and, you know, World Strongest Man for all of its, you know, pros and cons, uh, I can tell you each one and kind of like the destination is linked to, uh, you know, the events or the victor. And that is a goal of mine. I, I would love for people to be able to remember OSG when it was in Charleston, OSG when it was in Daytona. You know, even though we're in the indoor venue right now, I do want to highlight other aspects of that destination. And eventually, yes, we're gonna we're gonna be at some of these crazy places. And you know, you'll be like, oh my God, uh, the stories I have from when I competed in strongman, I got to travel the world. You know, that would that be great stories. Right. No, that's that's great. Um, and you know, and on the deadlift, just just last thing about the events, like being such good equipment, is that new kabuki bar uh as the fifth and final bar in the ladder that mm -hmm. I don't think really anyone has gotten. It's like their own version of a mammoth bar, right? And yep. uh no one it, so that, that'll yeah, the Sasquatch bar. So that'll kind of be debuted at OSG, right? I mean for, I was I was so excited they made the little end cap with the OSG logo on it. Oh, it's, wow. Yeah. Didn't know that. Yep. Uh, I just posted on my story uh, today, actually, about that. Uh, 
And so, you know, that's also an example where, you know, they want to have a little bit of the mark in the history of it as well. You know, I went and pitch, pitched to them, hey, I've already announced this. Could you do it? And, you know, those kind of conversations and, you know, just having the guts to go and say, hey, you know, uh, these bars, these specialty bars are really cool. And it, it really fits Strongman because you can then start to use tires. You can use bumpers or deep dish all the way out. It adds to that spectacle. You can potentially, because of the whip, maybe lift a little bit more. But it just, it looks cooler than a bunch of 55s, you know, stacked close together. And that's what Strongman's all about. For sure. For sure. So I, I guess my last question, and we did touch on it a little bit at the beginning of the pod, was your long-term vision. We talked about, you know, you see in the next couple of years having 50 plus countries, which I think is awesome. You had just mentioned going to outdoor venues, but, you know, in the future um, to highlight the where we're at. So, you know, long-term, what's, give us some, some thoughts you have for official strongman games. Five years, 10 years, you know, I know it's crazy to think about it because it started in 2017. We're in our sixth year, but, you know, just speak on that real quickly. You know, um, there's a lot of ideas rolling in my head. Um, there, There's uh, a few. Um, I absolutely believe that uh, I would see a, a annual docu-series following the strongest men and women uh, to reach that title where Maybe it's not, you know, the competition footage, but it's more of a, a document series, documentary series following those athletes' experiences going there. That That's a goal of mine. I, I do think I would love to see World's Strongest Woman as a TV show return to primetime on an equal playing field as World's Strongest Man. I, I don't know what that, how that fits in with, because I consider uh, World's Strongest Man uh you know, and Giants Live to be just geared towards this show a little bit more than the sport. And I think there's a, a, a OSG is a little bit more sport, even though I'm bringing in more of the show. I don't know what that looks like today, but I know that would that would be a huge milestone to see that return. Um, and it doesn't have to return on its own. You know, there could be others. But just imagining this thing that that left come back, um, I, I think would be really great. Um, of course, I would love to get to the point where, and, and this comes from stability financially with the outdoor venues. You're introducing more risk, uh, and uh, you know, even just from the live stream equipment has to be slightly different. You notice that uh, if you've been to World's Strongest Man. They basically have to create a small village to support that competition. So the budget is higher. Uh, you know, I'm talking with folks from Ironman on uh, how they get high-speed internet on these remote locations because, yeah, I do think Strongman, there's something raw about it. I'd love to see more things outdoors. There, It's nice to be in an arena, uh, and maybe that's that sports side. But I think these exhibition shows – it's kind of just nice to think about doing some outdoor stuff. And when I really think about the growth of Strongman, yes, of course, I think more spectators fill in an arena. But uh, more than that, I think of viewers from home. I think that I, I, I think back to when I was in my teens and 20s, uh, if it was on TV, even in a hotel room when I'm on vacation, I'd be like, OK, I'm going to be here the next two hours. Because, you know, it, I, I'm going to watch this. And I personally believe if we can make Strongman back onto that on-demand video experience, everyone loves it once it's on. They don't know when it's on. They don't know where it's happening. And frankly, our live experience, it, it just isn't quite there yet. But watching it is something that uh, has a lot of really cool experience, you know, where it's curated or if it is going to be eight hours, it's kind of in the background where you can still kind of do the different things. Uh, I think we can really grow the fan base uh, with the content that we're producing. 
And I, I'm really excited about that. And the, the last thing I'll go and say is a selfish thing. When I started Train Strongman 10 years ago, I went and said uh, two different sort of mantras. One was uh, I wanted to bring the world's strongest man experience to the, the weight classes and to the women, which, you know, fast forward, I'm getting close. Uh, and then the second was I want Strongman to be a vehicle that takes myself and my family around the world. And uh, that's also going in that direction. And I think that there's a lot of athletes that kind of have that similar goal. It's like, I, I love the people. I, I, I have no illusions that this is going to, you know, make me millions. But boy, if I can have stories for a lifetime because of what I did with a bunch of friends traveling the world, lifting weights and having fun. So, yeah, the, those would be sort of my five to 10 year goals. Yeah, you're certainly getting there. I love I love the idea. <laughs> I love the idea of having like the UFC embedded kind of videos for the strongman. Yeah. I love yeah. I love just casually watching them on YouTube like during the day and it really kind of gets like a behind the scenes of who the fighters actually are. So I think that's a great idea for some strongman athletes. Thank you, Dante. Yeah, and and you know, it's something I think us three talk about a lot is having cooler destinations for strongman because it seems like we screw that up a lot in, in the sport. And uh, like, it's something where you can do make a vacation out of it. Like you said, make memories, but still do the thing that you really love to do because it is still a hobby for everyone essentially. So being able to parlay, parlay those things in with one another, I think is such a cool thing to make experience with your friends and family. So, yeah, it goes back to that. Don't make it cheaper, make it worth it. For sure. So, yeah. Yeah, it all went full circle, that. right? Yeah. Uh, if if the destination is someplace, you know, it's on your bucket list, you know, it's in Iceland, it's in Australia, it's in Norway, that immediately is like, oh my God, I I kind of would love to compete there. And yep. maybe the family would be, you know, cool with me doing this over here because they know we're going to do these activities afterwards. Exactly. You know, yep. um, that being said, you know, uh, I do have to be, of course, mindful, you know, uh, that um, cost is a factor because this is a, a hobby sport for so many of us. Um, but I do think wholeheartedly, if if you can turn this into an experience that's not a negative, it's a full positive for your family, you will find a way to be there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Lynn, we appreciate the time so much. Make sure official Strongman Games, December 1st through the 3rd in Charleston, West Virginia. If you're not going to be there, make sure you get the pay-per-view link. We'll post it from our social medias and make sure we're reposting official Strongman Games. Um, but but one way or another, make sure you tune in because it is an amazing weekend. You can hear just from Lynn speaking how passionate he is about it and how amazing he's going to make this year. Um and uh, yeah, just make sure you turn in. And Lynn, thank you again for your time. Thank hey, you. No worries. I, I've thank got you. a question, though. Yeah, sure. Three people here and only one's competing. So when yeah. am I going to see Dante and uh, Jason uh, on the field? <laughs> down the hey, line. Hey, I've got an online qualifier before. I didn't quite make it. I, I took 24th in 2021. So I still had a little bit of ground to make up. So maybe one day. All right. Yeah, I, I just got to get stronger. <laughs> you should put them on blast, Lynn. No, hey, I, that's, yeah, you know, reminds me how weak I really am. <laughs> all I would say is, you know, it, get those numbers up on the online qualifier next year. See where it's at because, uh, you know, you're going to hear all about it from Josh and he's going to be telling you, oh, no, it was it, the best ever. You got to do it. No, I'll be there. Yeah. I'll be there to support Josh. Yeah, yeah, watch yeah we'll be there. We'll, we'll so, be there. Excellent. Yeah. Well, Lynn, thank you yep. so much again. And, and, uh, we really appreciate the time and good luck to you and your team, you know, December 1st through the 3rd. And I, I can't wait to be there as a first time competitor. I'm really, really excited. It's going to be a great time. Thanks, Lynn. Yep. Thank you.